<clears throat> so uh, verse 4 says, The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger, terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Um, you will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord's fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son, or he'll be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. <clears throat> I know that this is separate from, and I, I, I intend on making this uh, portion very brief, um, from what we're, uh, from what I was speaking on earlier. But um, I wanted to see the the word of God is useful for different things, according to Second Timothy three sixteen, useful for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness. Um, it's also useful for encouragement. It's also you you know so. There's teaching, encouragement, exhortation, you know, correction, reproof, rebuke, so on and so forth. And so for this little small portion of time, I wanted to give us a little bit of instruction, not reproof or rebuke regarding this passage. And it's because I want you all informed about something that I think is very important for us as believers. And the thing that I think is very important for us to get is the Lord's messianic reign. Okay. And um, <clears throat> what that means, the word messianic comes from the word Messiah. And as we know that Messiah, as Messiah, the Lord Jesus is king. He reigns as king. Right? He reigns as an anointed king. Okay, so <clears throat> what I hear perpetuated many times in the church, um, even though they don't intend for it to come off this way, is as if the, the end result of the church's defeat. Um, and they may not, they may not say it that way, but that's, that ends up becoming the byproduct of the teachings that they're giving to the body where this isn't that narrative. That conclusion is not there in the scriptures. The Bible makes it very clear that the Lord rules even now as a king. Amen. He rules now as a king. And one of the things I want to correct us on, and it's this too, people often say as Christians that the devil is the, the ruler of this world. He is not the ruler of this world. And I know that you have been taught otherwise. You've been taught to believe that. And the passage that people normally go to is in Second Corinthians, where it says the God of this world has blinded the minds. Right? That's where people will go to. But people don't understand that that's talking about Moses. Remember in Exodus 17 verse 1, it says, I will make Moses like God unto Pharaoh. Didn't Jesus say in John, I, are, does not the scripture say ye are gods? And he was referring to the religious authorities. Moses was a religious authority. And the God there, if you read in context, he's talking about Moses. Because he says, for even unto today, when Moses is read, a veil is over their face. So the God, lowercase g, that blinds the minds of those who believe not, was Moses. And you say, well, how is that the case? Moses isn't alive? No, but they read Moses. 
And it says that veil is only taken away when they come to Christ. They were still under the Mosaic covenant. They needed to come under the new covenant. Amen. And the word there isn't the word cosmos, which is the word world. So even though translators put the God of this world, the word is actually aeon, which means age. That Moses <clears throat> was the God of that age. But the Bible tells us that we've entered into the new age. This is why Jesus says that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this age, before the cross and resurrection and ascension, neither in the age to come. Does that make sense? Amen, somebody? How, how does it feel? <laughs> um, okay, so is that is that clear? The devil is not the God of this world? And let me just prove it from the text. The Bible says in Psalms 2, you, you will, he, what does he say? Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance. So, is the are the nations the Lord's inheritance? Yes or no? Yes. Would anybody contest that and say no? Okay, now if the nations, <clears throat> and the nations are in the world, are the Lord's inheritance, you don't inherit something that does isn't yours. Right? I can't get your inheritance. That's yours. Now, if the Lord has inherited the nations and the nations are in the world, Jesus inherits the world. And if it is his inheritance, it is his. Hence, the world is his. Right? Okay. You're referring to 1 John 5, verse 19. It says that the whole world is in sway of the wicked one. So altogether a different thing than to say that the world is the wicked ones. Thank you, brother. I just want to get some clarification. Yeah, so, for example, you could be held in sway by the devil, his influence and his lies. Does that mean you are the devils? No, you're God's. Amen. Amen, somebody? So, just because you believe the devil's lie, does that then mean that you belong to the devil? No, you're still God's possession. Amen. Similarly, the world is held in sway of the wicked one, but the world doesn't belong to the wicked one. The Bible says very clearly in Psalm 2 that he will inherit the nations. Now, if he has inherited the nations, these nation, this all of the world belongs to him. Now, he, this is what's very important that you exactly, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So if that is true, does the devil own it? No. Now, some of you are thinking in your mind, Oh, what about when the devil had taken Jesus and tempted him in the wilderness? And he says, all of this will I give you. Very simple. 
can the can the thief rob someone and then sell that that property to someone? Yes. But it ain't his. He's giving it illegally. Amen. <clears throat> so the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Christ is the ruler of this world. Not age. You have to pay attention to the Greek sometimes. Christ is the king of the nations. Okay? If that is in fact the case, see, you have to understand in Romans 5, the Bible describes Jesus as the second man, Adam. Is that true? Is that in your Bibles? What was the objective of the first man, Adam? What did God tell him to do? Anybody want to answer that? It'd be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Yes, and uh, what else? Yes, have dominion. So if we're if so, let me let me ask you this: Does dominion does that look like defeat? No. Exactly. So if Jesus is the second man, Adam, to fulfill what the first man, Adam, had failed to do. What is, where does that leave us as a church? Jesus had the mission to take dominion. But since he has gone to heaven, he has extended that same mission to the church because we are his body. For, so, so what was true for the head is true for us. Now, if it is true for us that we take dominion, then guess what that means for us? That there is a greater outcome than what is often perpetuated by those who only speak of doom. Amen. So, what, what does the Bible tell us? And I, I'm coming to a close, but I wanted to give us a brief instruction on this passage because... I want us to constantly be in mind of the fact that as we live our individual lives, but our lives are connected to a corporate body, a universal body that has a universal mission. And that mission is to constantly and actively take dominion in this life. <clears throat> That we are supposed to rule and reign. So, you know, this is why I say, you know, brothers and sisters, we need to constantly be praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters. We need to constantly be praying for the governments. We need to constantly be praying for all of these things. Why? Because while it includes you, it's not all about you. And a part of us reaching maturity, see why correction and all of this is necessary, because if you're still an infant, you're only thinking about self. And God doesn't want you to remain in infancy. He don't want you to remain a baby. He wants to get you to a place to where you're a mature believer thinking about the world's affairs, thinking about others, thinking about the church, not just so self-absorbed saying, me, me, me. Amen.
Amen, brother. I get it. We all have needs. I get it. There's times, man, we're, we're going through fierce battle and we need prayer. We need someone to stand in the gap. But my brother and sister, let me submit to you that babies are a burden. And it's cool in the time that you're expected to be a baby. But if you're 30 years old, still living in mama's basement, there is a problem. You need to be an asset, not a liability. And people will endure you being a baby for your baby season. But if after a while you still keep saying, gimme, 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 I need, 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 people are going to put you on silence. They're going to silence your not those notifications. Amen. They're going to put you on block or they're going to say, you know what, man, this person, all they ever talk about is what they need. When are they going to talk about the needs of others? Again, I get it. If you're a baby, first came the crisis. Totally understandable. But at some point, people say, don't you care about our needs? Like, when, when are you going to give what we're going through attention? Amen. And that's what love is about. Amen. Not just coming around Amen. for prayer every time you need something. Hallelujah. That, that's a shallow Christian. Amen. And I don't mean to, to hurt anybody. But we can't just keep reaching out every time we need something. When, when are you going to give back? Amen. When do you say, you know what, my brother and my sister is hurting today. They're the one weeping. Let me stop focusing on what I'm going through and start focusing on what they're going through so I can help them. Amen? You know, there's this song, I love it by commission. It goes, Lord Jesus, help me to help somebody else. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me to help somebody else. Amen. And so this is why I preach on reaching maturity. We need to get out of the selfish mindset. Again, I'm not saying that we all got those days where it's hell. And even the strongest among us need help in prayer. I understand that. Totally understandable. I get it. But you want to keep friends? Y'all want to keep friends? Think about them. And just don't bring your problems to them. Ask them, hey, what are you going through today? Are you good? How can, how can I help you today, man? That's, that's what we're supposed to do. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And so when it comes to us as believers reaching maturity, it's about saying, you know what? I got my personal needs, but I'm trying to take dominion in this life. Amen. I want to take dominion. I want to actualize the messianic rule of Christ on earth. I'm going to pray in such a way that his name and his banner is set up upon every hill. And I'm going to vex demons. I'm going to torment demons. I'm going to torment all his minions and see their regimes and their enterprises, their little 
uh, dynasties fall to the ground. Amen. 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 <clears throat> you know, this is why I teach you guys, that there's a theological term, it's called imprecatory prayers. It means prayers for judgment. This is why I pray judgment on the leader in North Korea. I want to see him fall into a pit. Since some will say that's hatred. No, it's love. I love the people of God. Is it not in your Bible? The Bible says that the soul of the wicked, the Lord detests. It doesn't say that the, he hates the sin and loves the sinner. It says he hates the soul that does wicked. That's in your Bible. It means he, he, he hates. I know I know that there there's there's it could could we get that verse up in the Psalms? Doesn't it say that Esau he hated, but Jacob he loved? Isn't that what the scripture says? <clears throat> I know that you've been taught so differently by other people. Now, it's not the sort of unrighteous hatred that people have towards one another. It's God's covenant love doesn't extend to them. It's in Psalms. You can just um, type it on Google and it'll come up. <clears throat> and I, I need you guys to understand this because, look, let me let me give you a real life example. Do you know why there are some people that are suffering today from famine, from thirst, from hunger, or or just so many different things? It doesn't mean that God is cruel. It doesn't mean that. But you know why? That's the result of not being in covenant with God. God's covenantal love and blessings <clears throat> only extends to those who are in covenant with him. Amen. Psalm 11 verse 5, The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. Now let me ask you this question, is that Bible? Yes, <clears throat> and so when you got people who, um, when you got people who are putting Christians into death camps and erecting statues for everybody to worship, he that leader in North Korea has erected a statue for everybody to worship him, and he he's sending children, women, and men into death camps because of their faith in Christ. Now, my brothers and sisters, let this heavy reality sit on you. What if that was your brother or your sister? What if that was your child? Think about it. 
Think about that. Just for a second. Think about that. Does not then justice cry aloud and say, God have justice on him. Judge him. Cast him low. Amen. Amen. And those sort of prayers are in your Bible all throughout the Psalms. And so for you to say, I won't do that, you're saying that your judgment is better than God's judgment. That I judge myself more compassionate than God. That's what you're saying. Because even if we think about hell, how many of us would raise our hands and say, I would that there wouldn't be a hell. Right? Some of us would say that. But you know what we're saying? That my ways are right and not God's. <clears throat> Y'all can say amen to that. Amen. Right? Amen. Just be honest. I don't amen. like the idea of hell. And this is why you got preachers trying to argue away hell. I get it. It's a hard pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, this is what Abraham said of the Lord, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Shall he not do right? And so let me take you to let me take you to one psalm and then we'll come to a close for sure for sure. Psalm 109 Because you, guess what? If the Lord answers such a prayer that I make, and I, 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 this, this recliner right here, this face is right in this recliner for hours, weeping, praying to God, judge King, Kim Jong-un. Judge him. You know who's going to rejoice are the Christians who are liberated from that. Well, all the, the shallow preachers in America might want to judge me for something like that. You know who's going to rejoice? The little children saying, thank you, O Lord, for liberating us, for answering the prayers of your faithful saints. Amen. Amen. And they want to impose their shallow, unbiblical theology on me and, and judge me for loving those children whom I want to see liberated. Amen. I want to see all the oppressed free. Amen. I want to see the, 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 the women, the men, the children be able to, to like the Israelites when they were in bondage to Pharaoh. Say, let God's people go. Let them go. Or we will come with vengeance. We will. Not with, with armory or nuke. Or missiles or anything of the kind. But we can't. We come in the name of the Lord our God. Set them free or else. You will watch the hand of the Lord come strong against you. With his might and his power. And he will bring you low. Was it not the Lord who killed all of the firstborn in Egypt? Why? Because they killed our firstborn. Was it not the hand of the Lord that brought the plagues that turned the water into blood? 
That God hasn't changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. So when you're all oppressed, guess who's going to hear your cry? David says, bow down your ear, for I'm poor and I'm needy. Oh, Lord, we're in the heavens. Come to my rescue. You're the mighty deliverer who keeps your covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture. Amen. Hallelujah. May God arise and his enemies be scattered. It's not though that we, we come with this, this longing, this, this sort of, uh, that we love the death of the wicked. We don't love that. We would will that they come to repentance. But you have to understand that there are people who carry and harness wickedness who love violence. Amen, brother. Who won't repent. And each day that they're alive, they're causing more harm to innocent people. <clears throat> so let's read this psalm in closing. And I just want you to look at what it says. Let yourselves feel what the word of the Lord says. This is not the word of men. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All of it. Not some of it. it. The way see some some liberal theologians try to argue against this and say no, it was just David. So then, please tell me why when Peter quoting David says, "David, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit speaking through the mouth of David." He says that word for word in the book of Acts. So Peter takes the 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 Psalms of David and says. The Holy Spirit speaking through the mouth of David. Okay, so let's read what David wrote. Let's begin in Psalm 109, verse uh, 4. <clears throat> in return for my friendship, they accuse me, but I am a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. So you see, even David, even though he's going to pray this way, he was still loving towards his enemy. He's like, yo, you're my enemy. I want to show you love. But hey, if you ain't going to return it in return, and you're going to fight against me, then hey, look, I, I showed you the compassion of Christ. I've, I've, I, I didn't come to you wanting your death. But what does he say? He says, appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is a tried, let him be found guilty. And may, or, may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off, their names blotted out from the next generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the sin of his mother never be blotted out. May their sins always remain before the Lord, that he may blot out their name from the earth. For he never thought of doing a kindness, but he hounded to death the poor and the needy and the brokenhearted. He loved to pronounce a curse. May it come back on him. He found no pleasure in blessing. May it be far from him. Those are heavy words. But remember, the book we read, 
is not man's book. Amen. It's God's. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> we don't need to clean up God's Amen. we don't need to clean up God's word and we don't need to defend it. God defends him own, his own self. He testifies of himself. It says the Lord since he could swear by no greater swore an oath by himself. He says, we accept the testimony of men, but the testimony of God is greater. God don't need any support in his testimony. His testimony is enough. Amen. And so if his word testifies of something, you can take it to the bank. Amen. So in closing, in relationship to Psalm 2, why do these people plot in vain? You know they're plotting in vain. Why do they conspire against the church and against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains. It says, the Lord sits in the heavens and he shall laugh. He shall hold them in derision. And so my brothers and sisters, it's the earth that's the Lord's. Let us take dominion. And what that means is that we pray in such a fashion that we see, I want to see the name of Islam destroyed. I want to see the memory of Islam wiped off the face of the earth. Why? It's killing our people. I want to see Satanism. I want to see all of its books destroyed and it wiped out from the memory of the earth. You know those Planned Parenthoods? Where they ain't planning for parenthood, it's planning for the grave? I want to see judgment on those altars. Amen. Now, will there be people who come out and come to salvation? Yes. And we do pray for that too. Does that make sense? Yes. 